We are Taking the Helm with risk takers who are motivating us to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Day, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of Taking the Helm. I am thrilled today because a good friend of mine is here with us, and I have just gotten to know her over the last year. She is a remarkable, extraordinary person. Leanne Epp is with us today. She's a single mother of four, and she, some years ago, and we'll get into the details, followed her passion to become a well-respected photographer. Thanks for being here, Leanne. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, let's talk about ginger snaps. First of all, how did you come up with that idea? Well, the internet's an amazing place. <laughs> One time I was, I uh, came across a news article on um, a group of people that meet in Ireland. I believe it's yearly and they use the term ginger and it's all like gingers that meet all the redheads. And I have a redheaded child and I just loved the name Ginger. So I just kind of put it together, Ginger Snaps. Well, being a person um, who has Scottish ancestry and covered in freckles, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I think uh, it's kind of unique. And um, some people have asked if I make cookies, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, just for our audience's listening, uh, pleasure and information, I have had Leanne as a photographer on two different occasions now, back in 2019 when I launched lynnmclaughlin.com and just recently, and those photos are about to be, uh, be published up on the website. And I have to tell you, you know, going with a professional photographer like Leanne, who is fun to be with, who does a research ahead of time. I want to talk to you about that, Leanne, because you don't just show up to a shoot. You've got it ready to go. You've, you've done a lot in advance to get ready for us. And I'll tell you, she's fun. She's professional. And she has insights that I, I really don't, I haven't seen with very many other people uh, around me. So let's jump right into that, um, Leanne. Um, let's say, I, let's go back to, I hired you, or you've got a new client who's about to hire you. What do you do to prep to get ready for that photography shoot? First step is always getting to know the person a little bit. I think everybody has uh, a unique personality, a unique outlook in life, um, and they're hiring me for different reasons. Um, someone like yourself hires and hiring me to do professional headshots. I always like to know what your end goal is. Are you going to be using it in print, online? Is it to sell a product? Is it to sell you or an idea? Um, and then once we kind of get to know one another a little bit, uh, I go from there. A lot of my work is instinctive and I pull places where I'm working and um, locations where I shoot from the personality of the people I'm working with often. Sometimes clients will suggest a location and I'll go there ahead of time and look for the best light. And I think um, a really good photographer could take an incredible image of a family or anything beside a dumpster. It's a matter of knowing how to work your gear, knowing how to work angles, composition, lighting, all of that. Well, I mean, you certainly uh, showed that to me. Leanne and I um, met at my home first to do photography of exactly the studio for my podcast. And she had already gone out and scouted all of the different spots and the colors and the lighting. And she even knew what time of day <laughs> that we should go out. So uh, I really appreciate your insights and your, you know, even turning on a certain angle for Pete's sakes, you've got it down pat. Well, I know when I'm out and about, I'm always catching 
you know, yellow doors or, um, you know, oh my gosh, look at this. It's, it's six o'clock. I, I really love the light right here. And I always make mental notes. For yours, I went out ahead of time a couple of days before, roughly around the time we were going to be working. And I actually took my phone and took pictures of different locations so I could start imagining and envisioning the kind of poses we would do, the kind of actions you'd be in while we were in those spots. So it's kind of planned ahead, but at the same time, I'm working off of instinct. So in addition to um, professional headshots, <laughs> who else should be reaching out to you for, for, for professional photos? Uh, I do a variety of photography. I love working with families and children. Um, I especially love working with teenagers, uh, preteens when they're in their element. Um, I love working with events. Someone once said that the reason they hired me is because I'm kind of invisible, but I'm catching everything. And uh, I've worked, you know, between weddings and wineries, everywhere. And I, do, I love it. I love it. Uh, this summer, I volunteered to do the Leamington 27th Miracle Day. And I just loved walking around, catching the story, knowing that there are moments that people weren't going to see that would be valuable. And with my camera, I can tell the stories that way. And I love it. Another aspect of photography, which is... Um, a little more personal for me uh, because it's coming from a different place than my people photography and that's Adrian Noel fine art and that is I'd like to call it a passion project um, nature's place where I go to decompress and recharge and when I bring my camera I love especially being in places like Point Pelee or down by the water I love finding things in nature that are just the textures and the colors. Um, they just translate well to a picture I have in my head. And I love, I love creating that kind of thing. So it's a variety. variety. I love working with people, but I also love the, the solo work in nature. And it's in the moment and not posed. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of, it's more led for me when I'm working with clients, I'm always in the back of my head thinking, you know, we need to not need isn't the right word, but I want to get, you know, the traditional poses and then the, the relational stuff and knowing in the back of my head that a client, you know, it's part of the, the interview process is figuring out what they're going to do with the images. So if I know they want to put a big canvas in their living room, I know that I need to get that image. And so in the back of my head, I'm working towards certain things in when I'm working with people. When I go out for myself, it's um, purely instinct. <laughs> I, go, I go on on instinct with that. And I'm going to pull something off your website and just read it here. You say, nothing ever stays the same and we can grieve or we can celebrate. Yeah, you know, see, that kind of hits a note for me. Um, I think anyone who's had children um, can recognize that as soon as you start getting comfortable with the place that they're in, it changes <laughs> instantly. And um, people pass away, people move away, uh, marriages dissolve nothing stays the same. And I think one of the reasons that people stay hurt or broken is that they try to hold on to how it was and aren't sure how to work with the flow. And I think that's a lifelong learning process for most people. Um, I know I've had to learn how to do that. So you're running your own business, Ginger Snaps. You enjoy nature and photography that you love to do just in the moment. 
and you have four children at home as a single parent. How in the world do you do that? I really don't know. Um, honestly, if I thought about it, I'm not sure. I, I think time just kind of goes and then you just, you deal with the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Uh, I had twins and I remember sitting on the couch and well, no, I'd make supper and we'd just sit down to eat and then they wanted to nurse. So I'd have to sit on the couch and I was sitting there for hours. And the only thing that got me through is that uh, eventually they would be full and eventually they would fall asleep. So I knew that in, in, you know, sometime that night I would get to go lay down and go to sleep. And I think I tried to approach that uh, with most situations. I don't always do it well, but having had my oldest go through teenage years and I have one who's 18 now and two that are in grade 10 and heading into 15, I just, I have to remind myself it's temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. And when I can focus on that, then um, I guess I wake up in the morning and I think, okay, I have this at this time, this, I have to get done this, I have to get done. And it's just trying to stay present, I guess. I haven't actually thought about it this much, <laughs> but I think I just have to stay present. If As soon as you start jumping ahead too much or worrying about stuff behind you, you lose focus on what's now and then things just don't get done. But well, yeah, we certainly have learned that in the last seven months, haven't we? And not, oh, exactly. only, not only are you managing a business, which, which when we'd like to talk about the effects on your business uh, because of COVID as well, uh, you've got four children who are now doing things differently. <laughs> They're learning from home or we're learning home for a period of time. So yeah, talk about massive changes, not only in a day, in a moment. Yes, it's been, um, I think it's been a learning process for all of us. I think we've learned where our fault lines are. Um, maybe where our strengths are, where we didn't know we had them. Uh, I think a lot of us have been hard on ourselves um, for not doing what we think other people are able to do during this time. And um, I think we just have to really, really focus on, you know, the, the most important thing in all of this is that, you know, we can find some harmony and some um, forgiveness, I think, for each of our, like for ourselves. I mean, when I, I remember the first set of, the kids being at home, I was so stressed out. Like they're not doing their homework. They're not doing their homework. And, and then I started talking to other parents and I thought, Oh, like we have to remember that there are people too. And they were grieving and they, they lost everything. And of course there's going to be some discord and uh, it's a matter of just kind of riding the waves and finding a normal again. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. I think one of the other things I was doing is working with the kids program and you know, that vanished at the same time. And now when I see them out and about and I drove past the school and, you know, it just makes me happy to see that they're with their friends again. Mm. Um, it's, it makes me happy that my kids are going to school at least for the morning a few times a week. Still worried about homework. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow, I mean, kids are resilient and I think adults can learn from that. It's kind of well, just yeah. go with the flow. And, you know, I'm in awe of the problem solving that has happened since this began. Just, I mean, we just think about education since you just brought it up alone. The incomprehensible, all the connections, all of the supports and services, transportation, timetabling, um, making every single school safe 
for COVID as safe as it possibly can be, because we know there's always a risk of exposure. We can't, we can't say that's never going to happen, but I really, I'm just, I'm impressed with it all. I was, I will say, uh, if we had to go back and do it over again, sure. We do things differently, but let's hope we never have to go back. And do <laughs> I know. It I, know. I think, I think sometimes I feel like, uh, well, I mean, if you see behind me, my house is full of books. I've always been a reader and, and sometimes reading books, I want to be a last page turner. So I read the last page first so I can enjoy the rest of it. And the same thing with movies where you're watching a movie and it's like, if I've watched it, you know, I'm watching it the first time, I, I feel stressed and I don't enjoy the movie, but I do watch movies over and over because I get more out of it when I'm relaxed. And I think that there's something in there with dealing with life. We don't know how this is going to end. We don't. And I think that that is stress for everybody. And I think that's probably why it's so stressful. If we knew that on April 15th of 2021, this would be gone and life would go, I don't know if it should go back to the way it was, but life would, we weren't living with the fear of this over our head all the time or the confusion or the unknown. I know we're going to make mistakes, but I think we do need to wake up and be conscious in the morning and say like, we're going to put our feet on the ground and do the best we can. And then at the end of the day, review and say, okay, that could have been better, but you know, it went all right. You know, everybody was fed. We have a roof over our head. Um, you know, there are good moments. Oh, wise words. No, let's not take what we do have for granted either. And, you know, coming together in kindness and compassion as humans. Um, I think we've, uh, we've come a long way. We'll put politics aside because we, <laughs> we can't even talk about politics. Uh, but in terms of the networking that I'm, that we're, that we're really involved with, I think more, then we were go, 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 run to work, run back. Uh, I think there's been some growth and I hope it continues. I don't want to, I don't want to go back to the way we were before, not for the environment, not for people's. I think people are more in tune with their own health as well because of the slowdown. We were forced to slow down. Yeah. Right. I'm not, and I, you know, I'm not talking about our essential workers or people who've never had that, that, that slowdown. I mean, kudos to every single one of them and we thank them from the bottom of our hearts, but the, you know, the large majority of us who were working from home or had time where we weren't working, there was time to actually, okay, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, the pressure was off a little bit. Yes. I think, I think that, that well, I've talked to other people too, and for myself as well, like the first few months, it was like, okay, the pressure is off. Like, I know I'm not going to be doing photography on my kids program has been next um you know getting up first thing in the morning and making sure the kids are at school on time like all that stuff the pressure was off but i think there's something very valuable in being productive and when you know we were getting closer to the end of summer you know my younger two aren't old enough to work yet and the other one was gearing down work getting ready for university and i could see the longer they were without a, something to do something to aim for the less, even if it was something small, um, that lack of productivity or feeling useful, I think really impacts on us as humans. I think we need to be productive. So I think a lot of people during COVID to feel productive, learn to bake bread. And my daughter and I built a garden, um, <laughs> you know, like we did different things. I, I'm a biker, I'm a cyclist, and I'm trying to get a bike. <laughs> And they're all gone because everybody has decided, like, I have to stay moving. I think it's in human nature. And uh, it, it, those are all really good ways to cope with what's happened. 
when you I've been listening to a newscast last week and so it's hard to get lumber because people have done yeah. renovations uh guitars I guess are at an all-time high because people are teaching themselves uh, how to play instruments at home I mean I think there's some newfound loves that maybe will stick with us that that will help us maintain some more balance you know as we go forward mm -hmm. I think so I think so I, I think it's a really good thing um yes incredible insights and, and, you know, when you talk about balance, though, and stressors coming down, what about the fact that you had no income because your business, like you couldn't do photography, you, we were in phase one and nothing was happening. That must have put a great deal of stress on you and your family. Yes and no. I think we live in a really amazing country and um, the supports that came into play really quickly were kind of a lifesaver. And I know that I can make ends meet on a shoestring because I've been doing that for a long time. Um, anybody with four kids has to. I credit my former husband. He's always been on time and amazing with his support payments. I'm very grateful for that. Without that, I wouldn't be able to have been present for my kids over the years. And um, I don't know. It, like, it's been okay. I, I, I know personally for me, it, it hasn't, I don't know, I haven't been as worried about it. I think because I know if I need to, there is a million jobs out there. I will go get those jobs. Um, I've got kids that are industrious. Um, they're working as well. So, you know, I don't have to have that pressure on all the time. Um, I don't know. It's been frustrating. I want to be successful. I want to do more than just survive, but I think just having to let that go, that that's not, that's not right now. Right now is other things. And so I've really examined, like done some soul searching. Is photography and working with people, is that my gift? Is that my, is that where I need to be continuing to grow? And if so, um, actually with your photo shoot, I have, Put off for years because I didn't have the time or the energy to focus switching my camera to shooting in RAW and like that's humbling to say because I know there's RAW is a different file format <laughs> and I decided to do it with your shoot I'm like that's it I've got time so I, I read about it I made sure I felt comfortable with it and that also includes then learning more about the post-processing aspect so I had to kind of relearn my editing software a bit with your shoot. And I wouldn't have done that before because I had too many distractions. And just kind of really reevaluating, you know, who am I serving? Um, where do my gifts lie with photography? And in, through this, I had a conversation with somebody who suggested I re-explore school. And so I've started going to classes again. So I'm taking two different classes right now. So I think, I think with all of that, like it's, it's kind of forward focusing and when this all happened, I said to myself, I don't want to be that person, because I've done this before, where I look back and I say, that was six months of opportunity that I missed to learn something new, to catch up on books, to take care of myself, to do something so that I'm in a different spot than I was when we, everything shut down. And so I've just been trying to find things for myself that I can feel good that when we go back, I'm not behind where I was or I've learned something new, or I've added to my repertoire, I guess. 
Well, working with people, Leanne, is truly your gift. So whatever you decide to do in the future, it sounds like the two courses you're taking, is that leading you in that kind of a direction as well? Yes. Um, I think, I believe so. I had an opportunity to sit, to participate in a woman's circle recently. And as we went around the circle to sharing, like, what, are, what is something we're going to let go of? Uh, and what is something we want to bring into our life? And listening to a few of the people, I thought, oh, for a long time, I thought, you know, I didn't graduate university or, you know, I didn't have uh, the intelligence, but I'm realizing that wisdom comes from life experience just as much as from a book and maybe more. And that I actually would love to turn all the things that I've had to figure out how to get through and turn that into a way to turn around and offer somebody a hand and to show people that they have the resources inside themselves to get there. And so that's when I went to school before I had kids, I went for a community worker and our catchphrase, uh, the goal of community worker is to help guide a process and not decide the outcome. And that's kind of the same philosophy that I'm putting behind what I'm learning. And one of the things that I would love to do is combine my photography with this education. Um, there's a young girl that one of the things she wanted to let go of, and she's young, um, is being uncomfortable with her body image. And I right away laughed. I'm like, hey. And I went over and I talked to her. I said, can I, can I, and her mom, I didn't just talk to her. I said, if you would be open to it, I would love to do photos with you. And I think, um, because I've struggled with that. And I think that there's something to be said for someone to turn around and say, I want to show you how beautiful you are. And let's talk about this because you've been with me on the other side of the camera. I don't just shoot pictures. We're having a conversation. I'm learning about who you are. Um, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm kind of open to this. I think that when things are meant to be, they, they fall into place and COVID happened and I wouldn't have said yes to school had that not happened because my head was too full and, you know, stumbling onto the classes and the women's circle and meeting a few people just kind of reaffirmed that, yeah, that's actually the direction I need to go in. So we'll see. I'm kind of open. I'm open. I'm kind of excited. It's nerve wracking a little bit because no one likes to fail. <laughs> But I think, I think I'm at the point in my life now where I can finally say, yeah, I have gathered this wisdom and I would love to be able to, to now turn around and work with it somehow. A lot of what you've been through in your life, most people would find daunting. Um, and just in what you've shared with us in this last half hour, you found ways, and this is what taking the helm is all about, of new possibilities. You know, when people feel knocked down and they think all the doors are closed, and yet here in the midst of COVID, <laughs> you, your business gets shut down, but that's okay. You found a way around it. You've, you're now taking courses because there's a new possibility here and you're open to whatever is going, whatever this is going to become in the future. I, I think it's, uh, you talk about wisdom, that is absolutely the definition of wisdom, seeing all the possibilities and being open to the ones you can't even see right now. I don't think we ever know what's coming around the corner. <laughs> we no, don't. No, we I mean, don't. <laughs> I think I think we've all had the carpet ripped out from under us at some point. And uh, um, 
I don't know. I think I look towards other people. Like, how are they, how do they do these things? How, you know, I, I get inspiration from other people all the time. Now, Leanne, you are one of almost 40% of Canadian uh, Canadians who are in the midst of divorce or divorced right now. That doesn't even include people who are uh, leaving common law relationships. Um, do you have one or two words of advice for people who might be in the midst of this right now? Um, again, it's a flow thing. I think when we're in crisis, we react from very primal places. Um, and personally, it's taken me, on October 7th, we would have been married 25 years. That still hurts because I took it personally as a failure. Um, I think as my kids are getting older, I can see it differently now. Um, holding on, when people go through a divorce or a separation, there's a lot of ego involved. And it's not even necessarily about um, money or property. It's about, uh, we don't want other people to see us as failures or that it was our fault. And there's a lot of blaming that happens. And it happens on both sides. Uh, one thing that I've never done is called, <laughs> called my former husband my ex because I don't like what that means that person is not married to me anymore but they're still part of our life and I think I'm seeing now as my kids are getting older my twins were five I believe when things fell apart and my emotions as an adult woman were different than my children's experience and their emotions and now that they are 14, 15 and up, I'm there now saying back to me, you know, their perspective. And it doesn't always feel good to hear it. But one thing I would say is that you always, always need to take the high road, I guess. Mm. And you don't throw your former under the bus. Your kids don't need to know the nitty gritty details about what dad did on the weekend. That's not their business their business is to know that they are safe and loved. And I think if our goal is to always have our kids feeling safe and loved, then all that other stuff, like it's our responsibility as an adult to get help outside of our home. And so I would say that leave your ego at the door, try to work through things. The longer we drag on any legal issues or, you know, court stuff, it just hurts us longer. It just right. It brings all that stuff forward year after year after year. This summer, my former and I finally finished all of our financial stuff. We had to redo some things. And the whole time that was going on, uh, it's in the back of my head. It's affecting my, um, my emotions, my energy. Uh, every time he would come to pick up the twins, it would impact my interaction with him. And that's not good. And when that's, that was over, we finally cracked a joke for the first time in, I think, nine years. That's a long amount of time to hold on to something when we only get X amount of years in our life. Um, I know a lot of people will go out, go out and try and find someone new. <laughs> I haven't. I mean, it would be nice to have a partner, but that's not, that has never been my focus. I've been trying to figure out how to, to raise these kids well. Um, no one's perfect. I haven't done a perfect job, but... It is what it is. <laughs> you can't change the past. And uh, I 
I guess we all just try to keep moving forward. My mind is just whirling because as you're speaking, I, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in your position as a mom, but I'm also going back to my own childhood uh, because my parents were divorced. I mean, they were separated for many, many years. My, my father was in a, a musician in a traveling band. The memories that I have of what I think happened when I was 10 years old probably isn't actually what happened, but it's what I think is true. Yes. I know just this last week, my daughter brought something up and uh, she says, and now I've been thinking about it and I think it's really this way. And, and I thought, okay, I could take it as a sucker punch or I, you know, I stepped back and I thought, no, you know what? I didn't share with my kids a lot of what was going on. They were really little and it's the past. And I tried really, really hard to protect them from a lot of stuff. And I, wasn't perfect at it, but I did my best. And so her perspective now, like I, like she's 14. I have to recognize she's a 14 year old. She's forming her own opinions and her experience and her life is not mine. So, you know, I can't, I'm not going to jump in and say, well, no, this isn't what really happened. And you were a kid and you don't remember. And this time I had to sit there and say, nothing nothing and I'm not going to jump in I'm not going to I thought about it <laughs> no that's just petty that's like defending myself it's not a win-lose I have always told them I'm glad you love your dad and he loves you and he is here the best that he can be and and I like doing a con having a conversation like this I'm I am in my mind balancing respecting his per his um privacy and as well as my kids. <laughs> one of them actually, when I said something yeah. last night, you know, you guys, when you come home from school, I might be doing a live podcast. And uh, he's like, you better not talk about me. <laughs> and so like, since then, I've been like, really settling my mind and okay, like, what is my story? I think, I think we have to remember it's, it's only mine. It's not theirs. And it's not mine to share. Theirs is not mine to share, just mine. Mm -hmm. So I think, I have a friend, she's passed away recently, and she said, how does she put it? And I've heard the quote other, way, other places. Like, we need to, to not give in to being that child part of ourselves. We need to rise up to the dignity of being an adult or a woman. And I, I've had to do a lot of personal growth. And I'm, I, I wouldn't change it. I think things come into our lives for a reason, and things leave for a reason. And we don't always know that reason in the middle of it, but we need to just... I don't know. I have a friend. She always says, put both feet on the ground. You have to be present where you are. And so if I'm sitting and I'm tucking one leg forward or my legs are, my ankles are like, you know, bring them together and look down at your feet. You're right here. You're safe. You're okay. You're breathing. It's okay. And, and I think that that's a good reminder for, you know, going through divorce, dealing with COVID, <laughs> uh, financial pressures, all of that. And I do always say we have more than probably more than two thirds of the world in Canada. So, you know, we can make this work. Mm -hmm. We really can. And who doesn't have a friend or a family around that would say, let me bring you some pasta. <laughs> you know, like there is, there, there are ways here. We're lucky. We really are. Well, thank you for your beautiful compassion in answering what was a very difficult question. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for asking it. Now, something else you jumped into during COVID as another possibility and opportunity for you was the Great Canadian Cycle Challenge. How did that start and, and what did that mean for you? Well, 
um, last year, well, I've been cycling for a while. Getting on my bike was kind of part of my uh, healing process, trying to get into shape, make better choices. <laughs> and uh, I found that I, you know, I get to be out in nature. It's time off. And I loved it. So last year I, I came across it and I signed up, but I didn't post anything. I didn't share anything because I didn't, I didn't think I'd have the support to do it. I thought it would be uh, like, I'd be embarrassed to do it because I wouldn't get any uh, contributions or maybe I wouldn't follow through with the, the kilometers that I dedicated myself to. Um, but this year I just thought, I'm doing it. I don't care. I'm doing it. And um, uh, so I signed up and usually it's in June, but because of COVID they moved it to August and there were over 52,000 riders across Canada and the States I think are just finishing up their challenge. So this is a fight that a challenge to raise money for the fight against childhood cancer and it's in conjunction with sick kids hospitals. So I committed to 350 kilometers from August 1st to the end of August and I completed the challenge with having rid, rid, cycled over 600 kilometers and I kept upping my kilometers because I realized oh my gosh like I'm loving this and I was using an old granny bike because my bike that I had from when I was 18 died I biked it to death last year. <laughs> Um, so I was using a granny bike, which is a little bit frustrating, but I did cycle with other people and they're like, I'm glad you had that bike <laughs> because I was, I push it. I, I love that challenge. It's a good way to get that kinetic energy out, um, deep breathing, um, just a lot of gratitude for, for being healthy enough to do it. And, uh, there are different stages. Once you raise $500, you get a Jersey. And so when I got to $500, I was like, what? This is awesome. And then the the donations kept coming in. And then it kind of pumped me up to say, hey, guys, I'm doing this. Who wants to donate? And in the end, I ended up uh, reaching my bigger goal, which I, I'm so moved. I didn't know I had that much, that many people in my life that would cheer me on. And it just felt so good. I had clients and friends and family and some surprise people. In fact, um, my former husband's partner donated and that felt really good it that actually showed me that our relationship has healed to a point where we can connect like that 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 was a that was that was poignant to me anyway so when you get to twenty five hundred dollars in donations you actually earn a hero jersey mm -hmm. and mine hasn't come yet they had so many more people sign up for this challenge that they completely underestimated how many jerseys they would need and so they're kind of back ordered but they raised more than $9 million. And this is, um, there was uh, one woman who sadly uh, lost her life and because she was struck by a car. And uh, she's a little boy and a, and a wife. And across Canada, we cycled over 11,000 kilometers on one day in honor of her to finish her ride. And I can't remember the amount of donations that came in that day. But she had, you know, just around $800 donations so far. and did that end up even more than $10,000 donations? And uh, many of the people donating were the riders across Canada to her fund. So a lot of really cool things came out of that. I met some people that are locals that were doing the cycle challenge and we did a couple of group rides. Um, it was a really, really good experience. And it's still, it's collecting kilometers still. <laughs> so I think now I'm over 800 kilometers since August 1st. And it just, it's just affirming like, okay, I'm, I'm 47, but I'm strong. <laughs> I can do this. And I love being outside. I think, well, what, sorry. It, and no, it's fine. The, uh, 
the other thing that was awesome as you as I followed you is you also were taking photographs <laughs> out on yes. your ride. So you, you're bringing in your other passion while yes. you're you know, cycling 600 kilometers for Pete's sakes. Well, what was really cool is that there was a Facebook page and people were taking pictures of their rides. And so from the East Coast to the West Coast, it just totally, it, it just filled us up. I think it, it showed us that there's, you know, we live in a beautiful country. There's, you know, amazing people that are giving, giving, giving. And um, like, I saw pictures of mountains. I saw pictures of oceans. I saw pictures mm -hmm. of small towns. And like, it was just amazing. And I kept posting like my jumping pictures at the tip at Point Peleac. You know what, this is the southernmost point of mainland Canada, you guys. And it, it's cool not everyone will get a chance to cross Canada. But one thing that in the back of my head now, it's a future thing, is that I want to pack my camera gear and bike across Canada and take pictures. And I'm kind of thinking maybe five years from now, most of my kids will be, they should be capable <laughs> of being on their own for a bit at that point. I think it would just be so much fun. But one of the reasons why I chose to do this is because I truly believe that um, when you're helping somebody else, it's impossible, <laughs> maybe not impossible, it's really hard to feel sorry for yourself. It's really hard to feel uh, negative emotions when you, I think anybody who uh, volunteers their time mm -hmm. or money or whatever it is that they have the capacity to give, I think that it lifts both people up. I really believe that. And that's why, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to get, please let me photograph the 27th day miracle. Like, please let me get in there and just running around watching, pe taking pictures of people collecting food and, and the massive amount of food that was donated and sitting at the complex, like being able to document that, like it just, it made me feel good that I could use my skills in a way that would give back. And um, usually I will photograph the life walk for hospice but they didn't do that this year so I'm like okay I need to find somewhere else to give my time because um I just think it's really really important and uh volunteering is important I think we we are lucky that we have them if we are healthy enough and we have time like you don't need to give money you can give time and we all have some of that the gift of giving and service to others. Yes. So I'm gonna, I'll do an offer for you because when you uh, cycle across Canada, you might, you might need a resource vehicle, maybe. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I've been trying to get a bike. <laughs> just no bikes. So I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna invest in a bike, I'm gonna bike across Canada. So you can be behind me with, you know, the end of day wine. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And <laughs> the cooler with steaks and we can barbecue them. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun <laughs> well, it's a great thing to look forward to oh thank you very much today for joining us Leanne I'm sure there are many people that want to reach out to you how do they find you oh gosh I'm all over the place um, <laughs> uh, I'm on well Facebook with Ginger Snaps um, Adrian Noel Fine Art as well I'm on LinkedIn Twitter Instagram a lot of my work goes on Instagram and then it just kind of swipes over to Facebook. But um, yeah, I'm just kind of everywhere. Uh, my webpage is uh, gingersnapsyou.ca. 
Thank you again, Liam. Now, Taking the Helm is available on any podcast app, and we have archives of every interview on my webpage, lynnmclaughlin.com, and you can search now for any subject, any topic that you're interested in. If you want to learn about photography, cycling, sexual assault, eating disorders, I've interviewed 30 people so far that have uh, overcome many, many, many traumas in their lives, and uh, maybe they can open doors for you. So go to lynnmclaughlin.com, do a search. And if you don't find the subject you're interested in, let me know because that's a future interview. <laughs> and on that note, everyone, have a safe and healthy day. Thanks for listening. For more episodes learning from people who are steering us in the right direction, visit lynnmclaughlin.com or subscribe to this podcast feed.